0: What is up, everybody? This is Ryan with The Scale-Up Show. have an awesome guest on today. I have Julie Brinkman, who is the CEO at Beyond Pricing. Something really cool that Julie's done is took the company that was really, really struggling uh, at the initial peak of COVID and led them to 100% year-over-year growth, multiple eight figures. Really, really cool story. You're not going to want to miss this one. Some great capital-efficient business principles that she's got in here, but some also just really, really cool things that you could take away that'll help you grow. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to The Scale Up Show. I have a very special guest with me today. I have Julie Brinkman. Julie is the CEO of Beyond Pricing, which helps short-term rental managers and owners the tools to grow revenue. And she's had a great journey. I mean, previously CEO of a HR startup, and on top of it, did some great work in senior leadership at Groupon. So, Julie, welcome! Happy to have you on the show.
1: Thanks, Ryan. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, and and. Shame on me. I didn't know you were in my own backyard when we first started talking, which is cool because you you live similar to where I grew, uh, grew up in the city, I should say, not actually grew up, but grew in the city. So. So anyways, Julie, um, why don't we give everybody an understanding where you're kind of at in the journey and a little bit about your company? And so we'll do a real quick revenue rundown. So can you give us an idea of where you're at in terms of a revenue range?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks Ryan. And uh, you know, I like how you think Elmhurst and Chicago and downtown <laughs> Chicago is uh are we're neighbors. Um but I won't give you too much grief for living <laughs> in the suburbs and ditching us here in the city. We're domesticated. Um, totally <laughs> domesticated.
0: You totally like broke my will down to do it. But now I'm, <laughs> I'm domesticated. It's like housebreaking a dog, you know. The That's
1: rats it. did it. Uh <laughs> Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I was actually COO of an HR tech startup here in Chicago for about five years. Came on to beyond uh, about two, in, two years and change ago, so March of 2020. Um, at the time when I joined, uh, we had just crossed into the double digits million of revenue, which was an awesome place to be. Had recently done a fundraise with Bessemer Venture Partners you know, world-class venture capital firm based out in San Francisco. Um, and so, you know, for those of you who haven't had it etched in your memory, March 2020 was pretty memorable in terms of what happened globally to everyone, um, also to travel. And so uh, pretty quickly, we went on a roller coaster ride of retraction. Um, but then as May 2020 started rolling around, we really hopped on this, what I don't have a better name for it, rocket ship of growth. Um, and we've been on it for the last, you know, two, two years, uh, about 25 months. Now we're well into the double digits in terms of millions on revenue. Obviously we're private, so I don't talk exact numbers, um, but have grown, you know, a hundred percent consistently year over year, which has been, which has been fantastic. And just a total, uh, yeah, like it feels, it feels like, a a ride, uh, up into the right. Um, and you know, with the market environment that we're in today, we are, we are still, you know, while we're still growing uh, intensely, we've done this in a pretty efficient way. Um, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that and how you think about investment and when and where and how to make investments, but yeah, super happy with where we are. Uh, it's, it's been fun and we'll hold the trauma aside from March of 2020. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, anytime you have 100% year over year growth for multiple years, that's like a good thing. So props to you for making that a reality. And, you know, congrats on the, you know, working with Bessemer, I've heard a lot of good things about them. So what's your primary go to market strategy, Julie, like in terms of revenue growth?
1: Yeah, so we really we have two really distinct functions, um, the world of short term rentals. So the world of vacation rentals, I think over the last couple of years, most all of us have have. You know, rented an Airbnb or a Verbo, trying to get away from our houses. Be with schools being remote, work being remote. Um, it's a wild world out there, and you have really two distinct audiences. You have um, the very well known, you know, hosts on Airbnb. These are usually up and coming um, investors where they're starting to manage one property and then just through word of mouth and doing well, grow their property, uh, their property portfolios. We have a whole uh, bunch of those folks on our platform, and that is really, uh, we've acquired them through a product-led growth strategy. And so where you have a you know self-service acquisition, trial, onboarding, and support, um, that's been great to see that growth. And then on the other side of the house, you have these professionals. So they're managing north of 20, 30, sometimes into the thousands of listings in wow. um, you know certain markets. And that we have used a traditional direct sales uh, model um, with, you know, inside sales, some outside sales and using our marketing to to drive, you know, demand in inbound.
0: That's awesome. Okay. So, so it's basically a, like a double-sided PLG slash, would you say it's enterprise or mid-market, depending on the revenue range? Yes, or? and
1: yeah. I mean, we have, we really do see the swap, like see the, the layer cake between SMB mid-market and enterprise. I mean, we just signed... The big, one of the biggest property managers in the country here, um, just you know, the the biggest private pro- uh, property manager, which has been which has been great. And yeah, I mean, you know, you see one population um, of hosts versus property managers, and you don't always, um, you know, in a lot of product led growth companies, you're acquiring users to grow into the enterprise. That's not really the case here. While you do have a Venn diagram of overlap where these hosts really do grow into uh, professional property managers. Um, it's it's not always the case. So um I get to be I, I consider myself very lucky, quite frankly, to have two motions that we can push at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's I I mean, now that you explain it, I can see it's definitely unique. Like we had Jonathan Finkelstein on from Credly, which is a little different because they had PLG where the, they would basically give credentials to people that took training certification programs, but then companies would use it too. So I imagine, you know, obviously you got difference with you have someone like anybody, like a neighbor down the street wanting to rent houses, right? And then you got these big investors that have these massive groups of property. And congrats on the big win, They Deb. What, the biggest private in the country, that had have been a good day in the office, huh? <laughs>
1: uh, it was a great day. Yeah. It's, and we're still <laughs> celebrating. Um, they're growing like crazy. And you know the nice is they're, they're buying our customers. And so there is a ton of consolidation on the supply side of the house um, within property managers. And so we can keep everyone in the family, which is great.
0: That's awesome. Okay. How large is the team over there? Team? We are
1: today, we're about 170 people across 33 countries. Um, yeah. So when I started, I think we were closer to 50. So we've tripled uh, more than tripled the, the size of the team um, over the last couple of years. Okay.
0: And we talked about your solution a little bit. Um, So anything else you want to add to that just for for context purposes? I think you covered it pretty well, but uh, I'll give you the space in case you wanted to add anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, as hosts and property managers, there's a lot of solutions out there to get your listings in front of guests and a lot of solutions that that are focused on guest experience. What we're really meant to do is help short-term rental managers and owners grow their business through dynamic pricing, getting to the right channels, um, owning the entire experience of guests on the direct booking side. So, uh, you know, that, um, is a critically important part of, of your business in terms of really driving revenue and bottom line, which is what a lot of this show focuses on too. And so there are a lot of parallels, uh, between both SaaS and then running your own short-term rental business.
0: Do you have, let me ask you this, do you have any professional services stacked on top of the SaaS at all or no? Uh,
1: we have a, a little bit. So there are certain operations that don't have uh, the ca- capacity or bandwidth, um, and they want our expertise on the revenue management side. so it's not huge, uh, but we we have will offer that to to customers that are looking for that expertise
0: okay okay that's that's one of the things that first came to my mind because with I could see you have a probably a wide range of sophistication across your users with some being super dialed in ready to go, and then I could see some needing a little more handholding so
1: yeah, um, a lot of that happens in product too. So making changes and you know it's algorithmic pricing. So those prices changes are happening automatically.
0: Okay, excellent. So how did you get here? So I know you, you rose to the ranks at Groupon and and you were the the COO at. But how did you kind of walk us through your journey and how you got to this point? Because I love hearing these stories. I've heard. Everything from somebody starting a, a bagel shop when they, they first started to uh, now that the person's a co-founder, like a $4 billion value company to, I mean, I've heard the whole range. So I'd love to hear your story and kind of how you got to this point.
1: I love that. That's where I want to end. Uh, not bagel shop, but wine and, <laughs> and cheese up. shop. Uh, what? Yeah, wine and cheese. Um, how did I get started? Uh, I was sick of being poor in college, um, you know, worked my... Bought off in college to get into the business program at Michigan and just wanted to come out swinging, getting a (laughs) having my own apartment and being able to afford nice things. Little did I know I could make more money bartending than I could at a white collar (laughs) job consulting with Deloitte after taxes, but um, that's where I cut my teeth was 10 years at Deloitte. Um, I learned a lot, I learned a lot about working hard, uh, working long. Uh, client service, quality, attention to detail, how not to manage people. Um, I've made <laughs> plenty of mistakes, and uh, managing, you know, junior junior project man, uh, members. Um, and really, I thought I was going to die a partner there. You know, I, I loved it. Uh, and then there was a day where the uh, practice leader started talking about the growth of our business, in particular, and he said that he's in his view, he saw it growing 3% per year for the rest of eternity. And, <laughs> you know, just I, 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 like, I was like, wait a second, this is, I can't build my career here. Like I'm going to have to kill one of these people to get their book of business. This, this is not going to work. And so I went back to my desk, Googled best place to work in Chicago Groupon had just gone public. It was number one. I applied for the role. And just like that, after 10 years of building my career at Deloitte, I took a job at Groupon. Uh, It was called the city manager, city CEO job. And so my job was to run these markets. Um, I, I had the pleasure of taking over some underperforming markets in the South and effectively what it was, it was a glorified sales manager job. And so at the time, Groupon we had not completely automated the distribution of deals. And so it was a lot of like, do you have the right inventory of deals to push to your audience? Um, And we didn't, we were just not great at closing deals. So I, it went from managing consultants to now managing salespeople at Groupon, which was a totally different game. (laughs) And uh, I learned a lot about how you, how you can manage and motivate salespeople. And the whole reason, you know, I thought Groupon would be great was because as you, as I just mentioned, I, I, I'd love to own a wine and cheese shop here in my little neighborhood. And I thought, let me get close to the local merchant. Let me figure out what, how they tick, what tools they use. And then I'll go do that in the next couple of years. But I got really, really addicted to growing a business and, Mm -hmm. you know, setting strategies and hitting goals. Um, and so Groupon sort of gained responsibility because we were hitting targets, uh, then um, was jumped over onto the international operations side. We had grown through acquisition and had like integrated none of it, I had a bunch of fun um, integrating different parts of the business globally, came back over to sales, was running like the, this really large team of both onboarding and then the East region in Chicago. I mean, I think it was like 600 people. It was insane. Oh, wow. um, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, but you know, Groupon was at a roller coaster in terms of strategic direction of the business. Having gone public, there was a lot of scrutiny, a lot of leadership changes and, uh, you know, being sort of in that middle layer of management, um, it was time to kind of get off and go to something smaller and see if I could really grow a business from, uh, an earlier stage. And that's what, that's what happened when I joined Hireology, uh, back in, I think that was 2012. No, 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 excuse me. That was 2014. Um, so they were, you know, they just raised their series B, couple mil in revenue. Um, everything had been focused on new business acquisition. I was coming in to run customer success, you know, because basically they were the cleanup artists. And <laughs> but that's, you know, you're going to bleed cash if you can't get retention under control. Right. Um, and it was it was quite literally like the pl- like the the classic B, it, it, we, you know, B to C growth, where you have to get processes and systems and uh, career ladders and all of that dialed in. Customer cadences, put all of that together. Retention started to come up. Um, new business, we sort of stalled, and I took that over. So I, again, sort of started, kind of like hungry hippoing opportunity where I saw the where I saw the ability to like do better and then was promoted into like a GM or and then ultimately chief operating officer role so uh back in I think it was like 2018 or so 2017 um anyway uh we grew the business a ton super fun really you know just like a, a lot of hard work and sweat but I had learned that at Deloitte you know I was bringing that to the table um, and uh, you know, ultimately left uh, w- when growth, like the investors and CEO decided. Look, we're gonna kind of dial down on the growth trajectory. We want to make sure this is, we want to keep it. Um, make sure we're cash flow uh, positive. And um, I really wanted to stay on that high triple digit, you know, high, high double digits, triple digit growth path. And so I went back to market. Was really interested in finding a software company that had shown product market fit super um, repu- high reputation uh, VC back or, or a multiple investor backed. I uh, looked, you know, was looking for a founder that I could, or founding team that I could really work with. Um, and then the whole like vertical SaaS nature of it sort of was happenstance. Uh, it could have been horizontal, could have been vertical. I just have happened to, my last two gigs have been in vertical SaaS. And so yeah, um, met David, met Bessemer, uh, grew our relationship and then ultimately started March 2nd of 2020.
0: Wow. Okay. So that's there's a, lot of, a lot of great things in there that that's pretty cool. A you, you want to open a wine and cheese shop. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. That, that's not my biggest takeaway or anything like that. That's, <laughs> that's cool. I think that'd be fine. Uh, and I got to ask you are, you, are you a red fan or a white fan? Totally off, off topic, but I'm just curious. Are we, I mean, are we- yes, when-
1: it depends on the day. I'm mostly a pink fan. Um, I think if you ask anyone who hangs out with me.
0: Like rosé or like yeah. Pinot Noir. Yeah, like okay. rosé. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I'm more of a Pinot Noir fan myself. Oh, That's so we go, yeah. Anyways, we, we don't need to get um we don't need to get off track, but just just random thoughts from Ryan as we go through this uh, show. So okay, so couple things like how many times did you get promoted throughout those times? I'm I'm counting like probably, and I'm not looking at your LinkedIn profile, but maybe nine times, eight, nine times as we go past over your, your Groupon slash Hierology? Is that somewhere in Deloitte? Oh, there's probably in Deloitte too. So maybe like 10 or 12. We might be talking double digits. Is that about right?
1: Probably. I've never counted.
0: Okay. So like, here's the thing. How, how did you, cause that, that's cool. I like, I have a lot of respect for that. You got the Midwest blue collar background, hardworking. So how how did you make that happen? how did you make, keep making those jumps? Cause the, what I heard you say is every job you kind of took on, you kept getting more and more responsibility. You Hungry hippo it. So, what do you think was the key to making that happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that really uh, it goes back um, where my mom. You know, I watched her when I was in middle school. She and my dad split up, and she had an associate's degree, so she had to go get a bachelor's and went to law school. Mm-hmm. Um, we were. I watched that all happen. Um, and so I knew, uh, if I was going to get, you know, I didn't want to ever be in that position and so that I had to work hard. And I think I start with the premise that I have to prove myself and show that I can do something before I'm like, and now offer me the title. And that was really true at, at Deloitte, you know, and before you got promoted, you had to do the job for like a year. Um, uh, versus yeah. now it's like, we're going to reach for the title, I see a lot of like, we're gonna reach for the title and then the, the skills will follow. Um, and so I, I, I think if I had to summarize it, it's like, I let the results speak for themselves. So let me, give me a minute and let me show you what I can do. And if you like what you see that I'll, then you can give me that title. And that's, that's pretty much what happened across every role that I've taken.
0: That's awesome. So would you say like, what would you, what would you say is your number one value? as a person then is I, I, I think I have an idea on what it might be, but I'd love it to, to get your feedback on what you think it is. Just gut reaction.
1: My value. Uh, yeah. Your number, your number one oh, like, value. What I bring. Like,
0: well, no, I, I'd say core value as a person, like what's yeah. the number, what's, you know, one of your top values, like mine are um, hard work, growth, family. Like those are some of mine as a person. So what, what would you say are your top?
1: Yeah. One um, you? I think integrity is really big. So doing what you say you're going to do, and that, like, that is not just promises, but also results, um, to, I, I don't think you, you can, I don't think you can run startups unless you have, unless you believe that anything is possible. And I, I don't want to say this is like optimism because it's not just optimism, but it's like blue skyness. Uh, so I, there's, there's something in me where I just believe that anything is possible Um, and I think third is like humanity, you know, um, I, we've all, well, I mean, I personally have lived a lot of life and I want to be myself at work and I want people, and I want to create a safe and inclusive environment for people to be themselves and live their full, live, live their full lives. Um, and so like that the, like the sort of integration of family and work and me being the same person when I walk through that door, uh, versus when I'm on the show is really important. There's authenticity, I
0: guess. That's cool. There's a lot of fakeness out there. So (laughs) authenticity and realness is good. I thought you were going to throw hard work in there. That's, that's, I
1: think it goes with integrity, you know?
0: Yeah, that's true. You could integrate that just the way you were describing it um, of how you moved up the ranks. And so, uh, but those are, I mean, integrity, doing what you're saying to do, that's super critical. And then I love the fact that you have anything that's possible. I I think, so I was in the core, I wasn't in the the startup world as long as you, I was in more of a corporate environment for like 20 years. And like, I got beat into that 3% improvement kind of mentality, even (laughs) though I was like a sales leader and they're like, okay, just go make shit happen, Ryan. Like, no, no guidance or just go make it happen. Right. Like, wish I was always in like unknown brands with companies that had to grow with not a lot of infrastructure. but it was always kind of like, okay, incremental growth, incremental growth, incremental growth versus like, okay, well, why don't we just blow this up? Right. You know? So, um, so it's interesting to hear you say that. Yeah. Uh, so, so like fast forward a little bit too. Um, so that's really cool on kind of your advancement path and, and and how you moved up um how did you you said you talked to david bessemer correct and that's how it, you kind of started to you got to know him and then then the job happened how did that whole thing go down
1: yeah so david's the cto founder of beyond and so he okay um and then bessemer i no it's fine it's i I said david and bessemer um so it confused them, but, and then Brian Feinstein is the part, Brian Feinstein and Talia Goldberg were the investment team at, um, for beyond.
0: Okay. Gotcha. 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 Okay. So you yeah. met the, the, okay, this makes sense. Now. I was like, how did you go straight to the BC? And, but you met, it sounds like you met one of the founders. How did you come into contact with them? And like, how did that happen? Cause you you seem very specific on what you wanted. So I didn't know if you like reached out to them or how that whole thing happened.
1: Yeah. It, um, Probably if I'd done better research, I, I it would have been more of an inbound um, at the time they were conducting a search. So they had just closed uh, their series. What, what was, what was called our series a and uh, the CEO had resigned. So they started an executive, a go-to-market executive search. And so uh, true search found me.
0: Um, okay. Okay. So that makes yeah. sense. Okay, It's all coming together. Yeah. So you know, one of the things that we can't, we can't bypass is that hundred percent year over year growth that you had, which is amazing, especially cause you're not at, you know, 1 million AR or 2 million AR. So I, the, the larger you move up, we know the, the more complicated it can get. So like, how did you make that a reality? What, what did you do to make that happen with, and I know your team, right? Your leverage your team, but like, how did you, as a, as a company organization, as a SaaS company, make that happen? Cause a lot of people listening, I'm sure, would want to have insight on your mental approach and how you did that.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, we're unique in that we, um, we're not a traditional subscription service. You subscribe to us, but we take a percentage of your bookings. And so we really do grow with the market, which is fantastic. But that is, that is two steps removed from our controllables. We can control really two things. How many br- customers we bring on and how many customers we keep. So the first order of business, um, I, this isn't always where you start, but in 2020, it was where I started, which was retention. Uh, we just, we were, we, I walked into, a, you know, a tsunami um, and customers were bleeding cancellations. Airbnb did this global refund Um, and all the hosts had to pick up the slack. So our customers literally could not pay their bills. Um, and, and so we went on a really fast, like triage. Okay. What do we need to do from either, you know, delayed payment terms, how get down the phone and just almost have a therapy session. Uh, you know, um, what do we need to do from a product standpoint? We had thought that, um, you know, there would be, if we changed our cash collection from pay on book to pay on stay, that, that would really help property managers, you know, not bleed cash. I can get into why that was actually the wrong thing to do. But we were, we were really just like keeping our customers in mind. One of our core values is we go beyond. And we really mean that for our customers, we were there for them. And so um, at the same time, working with my CX leader to say, okay, now what are, what sort of standards of management do we have? How do we talk to them? Uh, How often, what do we talk about canning all of that really dialed in. And and because there was this like sort of global chaos going on, I got the opportunity and the time to spend with the team and and put a lot of this infrastructure in place that when you're on this rocket ship, you don't get the chance to do because you're always aiming for like sort of that next tranche of growth. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it was, it was sort of, you know, I, I, again, I just like, I feel lucky that we were able to, to put that in place. And so we're talking like cadences and QBRs and all of that good stuff. Um, looking at churn globally, not just for this one slice of the world. And um, and then my attention really started to focus on the new business acquisition once it became not tasteless to sell. you know, it was like, okay, how do we, how do we show customers that they need this tool to to tap into demand shifts? Cause you know, there would be markets that were closed and then open. And then all of a sudden calendars would get full, you know, I mean, people were literally booking same day. There was, there was so much operational pressure on our customers and the prospects. And so, you know, how do we re-message our value proposition, get it to the right people in the, you know, making sure we are after the right uh, you know, ideal client profile, um, at the right time. So not at the, you know, you don't call a Florida property manager in July, like just don't do it. <laughs> like they're busy. Um, so there's, there was just a lot of sort of blocking and tackling and then making sure we were diversified from a quota standpoint, um, that we had the right, uh, infrastructure for sales development. And then, you know, we did a raise. So, The other, the other things that I was thinking about, and this is sort of toward the end of 2020 is, okay, where are the, where are the other vectors of growth that we're going to see? And one of the most glaring ones, uh, which we had started, which was one of the premises we raised on back in 2019 was Europe. Europe is 30% bigger than the U S in terms of total listing counts for short-term rentals. Um, But Europe is like 160 markets, not one. And they, Mm. there's a, it, it is like, that's where SaaS companies like, like, you know, we're just going to march right over the Atlantic and put our flag here and it's going to work. And, uh, we had taken some swings at it and it it, it was growing sort of at a paltry pace. Um, and so that's, uh, we, we made some meaningful investment there in late 2020 and are now just seeing that business boom, which is really exciting.
0: Wow. Okay. So, That's a lot. Which is smart. Because no, I mean, I remember going through some of the same similar thing before I last my previous employer. We had to have a lot of those talks of like updated payment terms. Everybody was close. Ours was there was a lot of details contingent on people being in the office, right? So there's a lot of pricing adjustments and payment adjustments. So you did that. You did kind of which was sounds like right when you started too. You had to deal with all that crap, right? Like day one like you're like all
1: right it's like day <laughs> 11 but yeah day 11 right
0: <laughs> but but still that's good and that makes sense um how you dialed in your messaging your qbrs your alignment everything so it was almost like damage control from day one like you were doing the initial assessment probably of what the heck was going on with the company but in damage control mode at the same time right
1: well it's like t- how can you scenario plan how many c- like people are never going to travel again or people like it was there was infinite amount and we were all trying to predict the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Cause then people ended up, did ended up traveling a lot and a lot of people went to warm places cause you couldn't like go to hotels anymore. So it ended up, it's just funny how it all worked out, you know?
1: Right. And now we're like, Oh, duh. Like without, <laughs> you know, having to go to work or school being remote, people are obviously going to go rent a bunch of air, but like, that wasn't clear, you know, it yeah. started to be clear eight weeks in, but
0: Okay, so that that's what you did there, right? To like reset the ship, and you said Europe has taken off for you now. Um, like more specifically though, so that's that's the damage control piece. Like, what are you doing now? Now that things have stabilized, you're starting to grow, we're kind of getting past this, which who knows if we'll be past it, but this this awkward COVID time. Like, what's what's like what's your number one growth strategy that you're leveraging for the company now and in like you know what's a framework for you to deploy that
1: yeah i mean it's there's that one which i'm again really lucky here so we have different segments of the business and different life cycles of or maturity um when you think about where we started which was dynamic pricing in north america now we are you know we are um we are past the like first mover advantage a bunch of early adopters now it's about really executing the x's and o's of of true salesmanship inputs market visits outputs conferences you know making sure your demand gen uh your demand gen muscle is completely fleshed out uh europe we are an early adopter and fast moving and so it's it's about is getting out in front of as many people as possible and making sure we are you know following on with all of the support and language requirements that we need in order to truly support our customers uh you think also about um You know, extending our solution. So really becoming a full revenue management platform is 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 critical as property managers seek to grow their business. Um, and the last bucket uh, is you know the product led growth side of the house. You know you have that is all performance marketing driven. And um, there's been a lot of changes in that world, I'm sure, if you've talked to other PLG leaders with Facebook and um, Apple and all of that. Um, that make that job a little bit harder. And you always have to be kind of um, tweaking strategy and making sure efficiencies are good. So there's, there's like really four big buckets of uh, of different businesses that, that I have here. Um, and the different sort of strategies we're deploying across each of them.
0: Okay. That makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Um, so we're we're just about up on time, and I want to be sensitive to your time. So I guess let me ask you this, because you've had a really unique journey from consulting to startup, plural, right? <laughs> uh, so where do you see the future of tech going?
1: Someone asked me yesterday if um, I believed in technological singularity, uh, which if you haven't, you should Google it. There's a bunch of sci-fi novels about it. Um, where do I see tech going? I mean, you know, I think... V- that's a really tough question. Where I see technology going in our world is the continued relying on technology to operationalize um, vacation rentals will continue. Um, the pressure that uh, we see with just automation and needing um, wherever you can to find time and scale wherever you can find it. Hopefully, we're also continuing in sort of more broad tech uh, tech industry down the path of increased diversity increased equity, increased inclusivity. Um, You know, as we were talking about, um, there's not, I think I'm the, you know, I am the first female CEO that I've ever worked for. Uh, So hopefully we can continue expanding the pool of folks that sit in my seat um, and really like delivering value to the customer at the end of the day. I mean, I think you're seeing that also with the macroeconomic shifts, Um, those companies that deliver value to real customers in a real way will survive. And those that do a little horse trading and, and call it value is they're probably not going to, you know,
0: belong for this world. That makes sense. Totally makes sense. So where can people find you? Where can they learn more about Beyond Pricing?
1: Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm pretty, I, I managed to turn off all of my social apps when I was working at Groupon. Um, so I, I do LinkedIn, um, you know, Julie at beyondpricing.com. Uh I do respond, you know, I get some emails. Most of my world is in Slack these days. You can find me uh in Westlake View in Chicago, walking around the neighborhood with my kids and dog <laughs> <laughs> drinking pink wine. Um uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh
0: and what about your company? Like is Beyond dot com?
1: Yeah, sorry, beyondpricing dot com, as we were <laughs> talking about. The uh yeah,
0: right. not beyond dot com yet. You're thinking wine and dogs. It's okay. It's easy to get distracted. <laughs> well, Julia, it was awesome having you on the show. I really loved hearing your perspective and congrats on all your success after walking into a really big challenge. And it sounds like you turned it around. And it sounds like you're, you're taking off like a rocket. So congrats to you. And uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks,
1: Ryan. I really appreciate it.
0: We look forward to seeing you all on the next episode. Thank you for checking out the scale up show.